0: When Greg was six, his family went out to eat, and he wrote about it in his journal. Monday, June 1st, 1991.
1: On Sunday, I went to a restaurant and ate Chinese food. We ate spring rolls. Spring rolls are cooked salad in a crepe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's Greg reading from his school journal. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This, right now is Grown Ups Three Things They Wrote As Kids. How are you doing tonight? It's very, very, very nice to see you. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live at the Victoria Event Center in Victoria, B.C., we have Hunting for Hotties, an unauthorized sequel to a young adult novel from the 1960s, A Fight with a Monster, and much, much more. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and it can help us understand who we are today. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. When Marissa was 12, she and two of her friends wrote a poem, and they titled it, Haughty Hunter. And when their parents discovered this, their parents threw it away. However, Marissa had memorized Haughty Hunter and not only transcribed the original poem in her journal, but also wrote about the experience. Please welcome to the Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids stage, Marissa. A quick heads up, Marissa's poem acknowledges the existence of private parts and slang words for private parts. There's your heads up, live on stage in Victoria, here's Marissa.
2: Um, I don't have a boyfriend and never really have, unfortunately although it's nice looking I consider myself cool although I'm kind of in the middle of the cool group and the sort of cool group I'm kind of like the middleman. <laughs> oh yeah, I have a cabin at Shonigan Lake that my Nana owns but we go up quite a lot There are three cabins that all share a wharf and that uh, are all friends I love Janet Jackson's Go Deep song It's on right now so I'm busting a move <laughs> Anyways, Sarah and Melissa are my age, and they are from the cabin next door. We have a blast going hottie hunting in the Hottie Hunter, a blue tin boat. Speaking of the Hottie Hunter, here's a poem we made up. (laughs) Hottie Hunter on its way, between the islands across the bay. Are they sexy, yes or no? We don't want an average Joe. (laughs) If you are a sexy guy, ditch your pants and then say hi. (laughs) Marissa scouts, Sarah waves Ashley points and Melissa says hey Marissa scouts all the docks while Sarah looks for erected cocks (laughs) 12 year olds is what we learn Melissa says go and does a U-turn If you don't have a ski nautique you better get lost because you're a geek (laughs) If it's tin but you are hot you better have a damn big cock Sometimes there are lots of hot guys. Other times we have to shut our eyes. Over the water and the waves, Sean and Matt were a big mistake. Friend <laughs> and Hottie, Jay and Drew, anytime because we want you. It's kind of disturbing, but that's okay. Even though I'm not supposed to have it. My mom threw it in the garbage, but luckily I'd memorized it. But this summer, I've met quite a lot of guys at Seanigan and a couple at Hornby. I wonder how many people I've met this summer. I should start keeping count. Let's see, I think I've met somewhere around 20 or more different people. That's pretty good. <laughs> Unfortunately, none of the guys have turned into a relationship. Too bad, because I think I would like a boyfriend right now. I just want to be with someone and cuddle and kiss them. I think that's why I enjoy reading books and movies and watching movies and TV shows about that kind of stuff. Like Melissa says, you like to read and watch stuff that mis- that's missing from your life. <laughs> I know a couple of guys have liked me, but nothing's really happened. I've been seeing quite a lot of hot guys lately, though. Like at the mall yesterday, I saw the hottest guy with blonde gelled hair and really good clothes and a cute face. (laughs) There's also this guy that works in Superstar. I've seen him a couple of times, and I think he's such a cutie. We kind of talked. Well, he said, can I help you with anything? And I said, no thanks, I'm just looking. I guess that doesn't count, but I would really like to get to know him. He looks like he's really into sports, which is a good quality. Then there's my friend's brother. I think he's really sexy. He came in my house and recognized me from the mall, so I guess that's a start. Although I think it would be really weird if anything happened, which I doubt will because he's going to grade 12 and has totally different friends. It would be awkward. Then there's Kale. It's not like I like him or anything. He's my neighbor who's in grade 8, and he's a skater, and I think he likes me. I think he's really nice, but he's not exactly the hottest guy in the world. But oh well. (laughs) And then I had an excerpt from a year later, and it says, well, this is really weird. It's probably been over a year since I touched this book, and I just read it. What the hell was I thinking? (laughs) Man, am I weird. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)
0: the grown-ups read things they wrote as kids award for most occurrences of the word cock in a poem written by a 12 year old goes to Marissa everybody at the beginning of the show we heard from Greg who wrote about spring rolls in his school journal that wasn't the only thing Greg shared at our Victoria show. He also brought some more school writing, including a couple of journal entries written at six and a short story he wrote at nine all about his younger brother. Live on stage, here's Greg. So
1: I wrote this story about my four-year-old little brother, Will, and he was kind of hyperactive. So the story is Will and the Monster Once upon a Halloween night, there lived a boy named Will. He was five years old and lived in a town called Red Deer. (laughs) (laughs) Will had a very beautiful house and a beautiful family, but there was one thing he didn't like. Will hated going to bed. Every single night, Will made excuses like, I need to go to the bathroom. I have to get something to drink. I'm hungry. And he cried and cried, and it drove his parents half insane. (laughs) So one night, his parents asked him what was the matter. There is a monster in my room that keep on scaring me, said Will. Maybe we can get you a scary mask so you can scare the monster away, said his mom. So the next day, Will and his mom went to the store and bought Will a mask. Will wasn't scared, because when he knew that when he, tonight, he would scare the monster away. (laughs) But the monster wasn't scared because he was already a monster. (laughs) The next day, Will's dad said, do you want to sleep in another room so the monster won't scare you? Okay, said Will. But the monster saw Will go into the other room and he followed him. And Will started to cry. (laughs) In the morning, Will's mom said, you could try fighting him. I'll buy you some boxing gloves. (laughs) Okay, said Will. So they went to the store and bought some boxing gloves. Tonight I'll have no trouble getting to sleep, said Will. But instead of the monster getting hurt, Will does. (laughs) Will's mom and dad don't know what to do tonight. I have a perfect idea, said Will. When the monster comes tonight, I'll turn on my light, and all that will be left is a pile of bones. The end. <laughs> okay, and then, so these are some journal entries from, yeah, so I, was, I think I was six when I wrote these. These are for school, uh, so the teacher writes back to some of them. Wednesday, April 17th, 1991. On Tuesday, we went to Earl's. Will went under somebody else's table and spilt his coffee over him. I got a milkshake. (laughs) Friday, September 13th, 1991. On Saturday night, my family and me will go out Chinese food. I hope I get spring rolls. (laughs) Uh, My favorite kind of food is pizza. My favorite kind of topping on pizza is bologna and extra cheese. That was September 16th. Uh, September 25th, 1991. I went to my friend's house. I stayed for dinner. And then my teacher writes back, "Uh, Greg, you must like eating. (laughs) And I write back to her and say, I do, do you? (laughs) Okay. And so this one is undated. Uh, On Friday night, I slept over at Ian's And in the morning, we had pancakes. (laughs) On Sunday, I went to see Hook. I liked the part where they had the food fight. (laughs) Uh, Then a final undated one. On Thursday, my mom is going to BC. When my mom is in BC, we are going to go to Arby's. (laughs) Thanks.
0: When I was a kid, I took piano lessons, and I did not enjoy the experience. I did not like the music my teacher picked, I didn't like practicing, and I just remember how much I wanted to quit piano lessons. Turns out, I wasn't alone. When Anna was 12, she took piano lessons, and she wrote about it in her journal.
3: October fifteenth, 2002. I'm sick of piano. No, let me rephrase that. I'm sick of Bonnie and how unfun piano is now. I decided to take piano so it would be fun, so I could learn how to play an instrument. But Bonnie's not making it fun. She's making it a chore. I'm also dead afraid of taking the conservatory test. I don't want to take it at all. But now it feels a bit like I'm locked in, like I've signed a contract in my own blood. (laughs) also she, I don't think, realizes that not everyone likes playing piano in front of other people. I absolutely hate recitals. I think that's why I don't want to take my observatory test. I'll have three adjudicators there, and they'll criticize me in front of a bunch of other people. Not that it'll be much different than playing in front of Bonnie. But I just know she expects me because I'm the great Bonnie's student to get top of class, which I won't. Also, who can honestly expect a child who has a life to to practice piano 45 minutes a day? That is what she wants me to be practicing. Also, when Maggie, my sister quit piano she was like I don't want to take piano anymore and they were like okay Maggie and I mean she quit for good (laughs) that's not what I want I just want a new teacher also Bonnie costs mom and dad a lot of money but when I'm not enjoying it what's the point Stacia's teacher Susan hated doing the conservatory and will only teach it if you want it taught also she costs much less I'm pretty sure And is a lot more fun. I know because I sat in on a couple of their lessons. I'm just not happy. And when dad caught me crying, he, I think, knew slash finally realized how much I want to change teachers. I said how I felt locked in with the conservatory thing and he said that I wasn't locked in. He also said he'd talk to mom and they'd see what they could do. I love that guy. (laughs) P.S., I got him a table hockey thing for his birthday. PPS, Stacia got her, period. PPPS, mom and dad bought me a Disney piano book to make practicing funner a couple days ago, even though I've been complaining about it not being fun since school started. December 1st, 2002. Jeez, Paul's been on the phone to his aunt for over an hour and 15 minutes. I like the guy, but I really need to phone Stacia. I finally found my purple pen. It was stuck behind my bed. Gotta go, Paul's off. December 1st, 2002, 1124, five minutes later. Hello again. I just love writing in here. I'm going to write a list of good MSN names. Smiley, Smiley. Cats rock. Sugar and spice and everything nice. Stars and moons. Listen to your heart, even if it's broken. Hello. You look funny. I love dolphins. Piano girl. Wisdom. Clowning around, charisma. Uh, don't be a black and white mother caribou. <laughs> December first, two thousand and two. Still later, eight eighteen p.m. I'm so mad at mom. Sometimes I hate her. She is always saying how I don't do this or I don't do that. I'm sick of it. She does positive reinforcement with her kindergarten kids. She was a teacher. Why not us? Also, she's mad and taking it out her anger on me. I told her this is how I feel, and she got all mad at me, and I freaked out, and I hate her. December 3rd, 2002. Me and Mom apologized shortly after my last period crossed out. Entry. Sorry, I wrote period by accident because it's been on the brain lately. I stayed home from school today because I felt awful last night. I've gotten a bit better, but it didn't help that I said, as uh, that I had, as mom said, your real period. It's bloody and messy and gross. I gag every time I see the blood. I hate it. I wish it didn't happen. I feel like a one year old with a diaper on. All my other periods were, in mom's word, my practice periods. I love mama so much. I love it that she is so supportive. I love her. Good night. Thank yeah. you.
0: One of the things I love about kid writing is how opinionated it can be, how impassioned. And our next reader is a great example of that. When our next reader, Sam, was in university, she wrote a rant all about the people who pee all over public toilet seats, and we're going to hear it right now. Please welcome Samantha back to our stage. A quick heads up, Sam uses some cuss words in her rant which we do not bleep.
4: Uh, Okay, treaties for seat pissers. (laughs) It occurred to me today, as I wiped some woman stranger's urine off my backside, that the time has come for revolt. Seat pissers, beware, you are being challenged. (laughs) As a woman, I know a few things for sure. One is that a whole lot of us will not sit on public toilet seats. Fair enough, precautions must be taken where germs prevail. But something is really, literally, chapping my ass here. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, people, because you're either perpetuating the crime or pissed off about it like me. Those of you who squat, spray, and leave the seat positively bejeweled with your body's rejected toxins must be held accountable. (laughs) I won't have it. I won't put up with it any longer. There are those of us who on occasion take a leap of faith and actually sit directly on a public toilet. Sometimes our optimistic fantasies of germ-free living find us taking risks in the daunting urinary realms of today. (laughs) Unfortunately, the world is a disease-ridden cesspool, (laughs) and we're the ones who end up with your refuse on our (laughs) hineys. And it seems to me there are a few entirely reasonable ways in which you assholes can show us a little courtesy. Let me walk you through them. Option one, the paper and foot-flush combo. Yes, it's true. For only a moment's trouble, you can protect your nether regions from skanky badness. <laughs> Simply fashion a nifty toilet seat cover out of toilet paper, do your thing, and flush the toilet with your foot. This is my most used method. Thanks, Mom. By only touching toilet paper with your bare skin, you reduce the risk of cooties by a lot. <laughs> option two, the waste of hair and teeth lift. This option is for the true underachiever. If you simply cannot master the diminutive effort required to carry out option one, at least lift the seat up with your foot prior to relieving yourself. Men do it, so can you. (laughs) Option three, restroom psychoanalysis. Is this bathroom right for you? (laughs) Throw caution to the wind and rate each bathroom on an individual basis. Trust your intuition to tell you whether you're in a safe place or one that should be quarantined. Should I pee here, your bladder will ask you and you must answer accordingly. If you find yourself in a sparkly, clean powder room with hairspray and free perfume, by all means, indulge. A festering, reeking stairwell in a downtown parkade, however, is probably a place to avoid. (laughs) The important thing is that you attempt some courtesy toward those of us with whom you share the public and urinary world. (laughs) (laughs) We're all disgusting, yes, it's true, and the world is a place full of repugnance and horror. (laughs) but we can choose to carry ourselves through it with respect for those around us, can we not? Seat pissers, women of the spray, I implore you. (laughs) We must make some attempt toward living harmoniously amongst one another. You must be terribly unhappy, people. (laughs) And I'm telling you, if you take the appropriate precautions, you will know there is respect out there for you. Wouldn't that be nice? Thank you.
0: Did anybody in school have that assignment where you would read a novel and then you had to write what happened next? An additional chapter? Of your own design. Are you familiar with the kind of English assignment that I'm talking about? Okay. So, when Jenny was 12 years old and in grade six, she was given an assignment. She was to create chapter 20 for the 19 chapter novel, The Grizzly by Annabel Johnson. If you are not familiar with The Grizzly by Annabel Johnson, it was a fairly dark novel. So, we are about to hear an unauthorized sequel or extension to The Grizzly by Annabelle Johnson written by a (laughs) 12-year-old, please welcome Jenny to our stage. This probably goes without saying, but Jenny's reading does include spoilers for the novel The Grizzly, which was first published in 1964.
5: So this novel was um, pretty dark. The protagonist's name was David. He's a I think 11 or 12 years old, his parents, long divorced, and his dad, who he hasn't had a lot of contact with, decides to take him on a camping trip where they get attacked by grizzlies. So <laughs> the novel ends where the attack happens and it kind of fades into the sunset, so I took this assignment super seriously. <laughs> Mark and David arrived home where Jean, the mother, greeted David warmly. She was also glad to see Mark again. Mark hobbled into the warm room and sat down by the fire to take off his bandages. Well, Jean, it was a swell trip, except for a few minor problems like that grizzly bear attack, (laughs) which you've probably heard about on that phone call you've already had. (laughs) Mark, I've been thinking I would love for you to stay. I know, I know, you probably have other plans, but David needs a father. (laughs) David dumped the first aid supplies on the table. Mother, can I talk to you privately? (laughs) Sure, dear, I'll be back in a moment, Mark. David said, I heard you talking to him about staying and all that. I don't want him to stay, even if you think he'd be a good father to me. (laughs) But David, you need a father, Jean said. And Mark has no part of anyone's heart within him. (laughs) Right? He has no place, home, family, and very few friends. David felt like yelling out so the whole world could hear him. Finally, he gave in. Oh, all right, but only for a little while. The next day, Mark drove David to school. Okay, guy, have a good day. Maybe you'll make the baseball team this year. I doubt it. Well, bye, Mark. That day, in the middle of math class, an announcement was heard. It called for David to go to the office. When he got there, the principal said, David, I have some very bad news for you. Your mother just got instantly killed in a car accident. I'm very sorry. David was heartbroken. He had planned to take a lovely picnic in the park, just him and Mom. Now, it was ruined. David came home to find Mark waiting for him at the house door. <laughs> there are other doors, guys. <laughs> What's up, Mark? said David. Well, you better sit down. <laughs> David sat obediently. Mark took a deep breath and started, David, I know how much you loved your mother. She was a nice woman, but I'm engaged. <laughs> The last, the last word fell out like a brick wall. David was shook. Totally awed. I don't think you should get married. My answer is final. David, I've bought the ring already. Like, besides, you need a mother. You need her. Night came and went... The next morning, Mark was making breakfast when David came downstairs and said, Mark, maybe I do need a mother. I guess I just didn't want to remember mom, that's all. She meant a lot to me, you know. (laughs) Then Mark's girlfriend came over. Her name was Carolyn. Thank you.
0: That was deeply weird and very entertaining. And I don't think anybody really needed to have read The Grizzly by Annabelle Johnson to enjoy that. Victoria, that has been Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Huge round of applause for all of our readers. So, so good. Thanks for coming to listen. Thank you to Billy for doing sound tonight. Thank you to everybody here at the Victoria Event Center. Thank you to my wife, Jenna. Thank you to me, Dan Meisner. Stick around, say hello, get home safe, and dig up your own kid writing. We'll see you soon, Victoria. Good night.
2: Scouts all the docks while Sarah looks for erected cocks.